thanks for joining us today. Glad you chose to worship with us. Hey, we do believe that we are better together in small groups of people, and we got small groups that are meeting every single week. You can get more info at guest services, or you can comment groups on this live stream if you're watching with us today. We want to say hello to all the live stream. You all might not be able to hear it, but let's say hello to live stream. One, two, three. Hello. Hello, live stream. Thank you for joining us online tonight. Uh, here's another thing, too. We really do believe that everyone has been given unique abilities to serve God's kingdom. Uh, we believe that when you volunteer, uh, you're not only doing it just for others, you're doing it really for growth, and uh, that's the whole point of discipleship, is to grow and to become more like Jesus. And we've got volunteer opportunities available if you want to get involved. And if you want to get involved with any of these opportunities, you can uh, find a volunteer at guest services, and they'll be able to help you out from there. Uh, we've got a couple of openings right now. We need our uh, kids volunteers and tech booth volunteers. Those are the two main needs. But if those don't interest you and you're interested, uh, you can still find something else to do. We'll put you to work. Believe me, we will put you to work. Uh, but go back to guest services if you would like to uh, get involved and uh, serve here at Journey Church. Uh, Winter Jam is next week. Tickets are 15 bucks at the door. Um, if you'd like to go with our group, I've got about 25 going right now, uh, if my math is correct, on my notepad on, on my desk in there. Uh, counted some names and heads and stuff, and we're excited to do that. So if you're not familiar with it, a bunch of Christian artists are going to be performing at Rep Arena and leading us in a night of worship. It's a really cool thing if you'd like to get involved. So again, tickets 15 bucks at the door. Don't have to go online to Ticketmaster or anything like that. Just go. Uh, meet me after service here, and we'll go next week, and uh, we'll do that around uh, 5 or 6 o'clock, I believe, at Rep Arena. So if you're interested, see me after service. Journey Students is having a big game party, a big game watch party, Sunday, February 11th. That's starting at 6 o'clock, and we're looking to cater Raising Cane's uh, because it's the best chicken that you can find out there. Sorry, Chick-fil-A, but it is. Uh, but we'll be having that February 11th at 6, so join us for that. It's a really fun night. More than just football, we do commercial bingo, we do other fun games and stuff, uh, but it's a really fun night to just get together. So if you have any questions about that, 6th through 12th graders, just feel free to uh, ask me any questions. And Journey students, we unveiled this last, uh, this past week actually with my parents, uh, we've got a texting service now for Journey students. So if you are a 6th through 12th grader or a 6th through 12th, uh, 12th grade parent or guardian, you can text the word JOIN to the number 833 963-6111, and uh, when you do, it'll ask you to, to state your name, you just type your name back, and then you're in, and you can receive updates and announcements about Journey students and things like that. Um, it does work. <laughs> I've tried it this past week with parents and volunteers and students, and uh, they all got the messages this past week like, yes, we know, we know, quit texting us, all this and that. No, they didn't say that. We're not going to spam you either, but it's a really fun thing to do, really good to put announcements out there if you miss something here uh, that's said during the weekend services. So this is for Journey students, grades 6 through 12, parents and guardians. Just text JOIN to that number, 833-963-6111. Now let's get into our outreaches. As you can see, we got a second tub over here, which is a good thing. It means you guys are bringing in stuff for our animal shelter outreach. Uh, we are taking up throws and newspapers to give to our local animal shelter. We are taking these up until February 4th, and you can drop them in that black tub over there. The one is full, so drop it in the other one. If we have to get another one, I'll have to go to Walmart and buy another one. That would be awesome to do. Uh, but there's a lot of good stuff in there so far, so thank you for doing that. And you can drop any donations in that tub up until February 4th. 
Also February 4th, we are putting together Valentine's goodie bags for local nursing homes, but Journey Kids is going to be doing it. So in class, our students and volunteers are going to form an assembly line and put these together for our local nursing homes, and kids are going to sign them. They'll put candy in there. It's a really cool thing to do, especially at that age, to get them involved in a hands-on thing that they can get involved. And if you want to help, you can bring in candy and valentines, and you can send it back with your kids when they go back for class time, and we will keep them back there until February 4th. So we will put those together on that day in class, February 4th. So bring in candy and valentines if you'd like to help out with that. And we're in a current series, What's Needed Most? Last week, we got through the message last week talking about a hot topic as sex. We got through that one last week. So this one, it's another heavy one. I hate to break it to you. I'm not going to spoil it for you, but we're looking at what Proverbs has to say about another little bit of an uncomfortable topic. And I believe this is kind of a two-parter. So we'll talk about something tonight and also follow it up next week. So we're going to get started here in just a second, but I'd like to say a prayer. Would you bow with me, please? Father, we thank you for this evening, and I pray right now for Bobby as he brings forth this message. I pray that you would just stir something within us, uh, that it's, it's good to give. It's good to give back to you and to others, and I pray right now we can look into your word and Proverbs and see what it is that you have to say to us about giving with a cheerful heart. God, we love you. We thank you for Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen. All right, let's try that. I'm going to get to the M word here in just a second. We're going to talk about the M word, and uh, I promise you, it's not what you expect. It's going to be a little different. Uh, probably there's a stereotype of every church in the world, money, 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 money. They just want your money. That's all they want to talk about. They want more of your money. Pass the bucket, pass the bucket, pass the bucket. Say, bucket. This is not that lesson. This is a good lesson. I'm, I promise you, if this does not give you a good vibe by the time I'm done here in 25 or 30 minutes, I'll buy you lunch. I'll buy you coffee. Just tell me where you want me, where you want to meet. That like you was disappointed, and you just tell me, buddy. I'll make it better. So let's review before we get there to the M word. I'm gonna get there, but let's review. So here we go. This thing started five weeks ago, talking about Proverbs chapter one, verse seven. Fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge. So pick God. If you want to be wise, I said my word for 2024 was wisdom. Maybe you've got your word. So I get up every day praying about wisdom. I go to bed every night praying about wisdom. 
when I started this series for January 2024, I prayed for where do you want me to start, God? And it was on wisdom, so I went to Proverbs. And Proverbs tells us, pick God first, fear God, respect God, honor God, revere God, start with God, pick God first, if uh, you really want to find some wisdom, because that's where it begins. The second lesson we looked at was picking better friends. Some of you've got lousy friends. Say, lousy? Yep, sorry to break it to you. Get some better friends. You got friends that hang around with you because you got money. They're not really your friend. They want your money. You got other people that won't tell you the truth. They just want to flatter you so they can still hang out with you. They're not helping you. They're not really a friend. Get better friends. Pick God first. Pick better friends. And pick better words. Some of you get reckless with your words like somebody on icy roads. And the next thing you know, you're in a ditch somewhere. And so that's not a good idea. You got to watch what's coming out your mouth. And uh, pick better friends, pick better words, pick God first. And then I also said that after we've done that, we've got to pick better, healthy boundaries for men and women before you get like playing with fire and you can't stop it and things get out of control and you end up in some kind of relationship that's outside marriage. It's not a... It's not something God wants to honor, so that was pick healthy, better healthy boundaries and physical relationships with men and women. So that leads me to what I'm talking about in part one and part two in this talk, a message about the M word. And just to show you that I mean what I'm, what I'm talking about, I've got props. And Brian's like, the old man got a, what the heck is he doing? I'm, I'm telling you. If Brian can put a Christmas tree up here, I thought, well, I'll just bring my toothbrush out here. I got props that I want to show you. Because I, I am talking about the money and what God has to say in Proverbs about the money. But I want to start with the props. I'm writing a book. And it's going to be published. Matter of fact, Connie is writing one as well. And so she and I both received gifts. She got her gift, a Christmas gift, a year ago from uh, a website called StoryWorth.com. And what they do is that you write stories of your life and your wisdom that you want to share with your children and grandchildren and leave as a legacy, and they will publish it and bind it and print it for your kids and for the legacy that you leave behind. Great idea. She's working on hers, and I'm working on mine. And so the reason I bring that up is one of the chapters that's going to go in my book is this chapter title that I've had for quite a long time. <clears throat> and it's got something to do with why I brought this out. I'm going to write a chapter to my kids and grandkids about ministry and dentistry. That's my chapter. I have a pediatric dentist friend in Texas who helped me out years ago and got me into a set of braces because I had Bugs Bunny teeth in the front, and I was like, man, I hate that. People have to look at me all the time. You look kind of funny, boy. And he said, I'll tell you what, I know you don't have any money, but I'm your friend. Come to my office. 
I'll get you straightened up. He said, matter of fact, if you're going to smile, you ought to have white teeth. So he said, I'll, I'll help you with that too. And so I got started with somebody that I trusted a lot. My pediatric friend who helped me years ago with, with my teeth. Now the reason that I tell you that about ministry and dentistry in the chapter that I'm going to write is that God wants us and needs us to trust him like our dentist. I absolutely trusted my dentist when I sat down in the chair and said, okay, you work me over, buddy. You're my friend. I absolutely trusted him. What he was interested in was my smile and my teeth and cavities. If you don't absolutely trust God, you're never going to get anywhere with this. You're never going to get anywhere with the M word that I'm talking about tonight. If you do not absolutely trust the guy that's working on you, you're stuck, Buster. You're stuck with a bad smile, rotten teeth, missing teeth, overbite. Whatever the dentist tells you that's your problem, you're not going to have good health until you have good teeth, and you're not going to have a good spiritual, personal, private life when it comes to money unless you trust the guy who wants to work you over and set you in the chair, and that would be God because sin is like cavities. It will ruin your smile. Cavities will ruin your health. It will ruin your teeth, and sin will do the same to your money. If you don't figure that out, ministry and dentistry have a lot in common. And so if you don't get to the point where you can trust your dentist, you're not going back. And if you don't get to the point where you can trust God, you're not giving him your money. I promise you. You're not going to the office, and you're not doing that. You're not going to the church. You're not putting any money in the bucket. You're not giving anything away unless you trust him that he really wants to make you better, a better version, a better smile, a better life. You're not going to give it up. If you don't quit eating all that sugar, you're going to rot your teeth out, and you're going to have cavities, and I'm going to have to drill a big root canal for you, and you're going to have to do a lot of work on your... If you don't stop doing that, eating that kind of stuff. So you have to really believe your dentist that he really wants to help you. Now, you can use this kind of toothbrush right here, or you can use a Sonicare, Sonicare electric toothbrush. You can use all kinds of fancy morphs, but... But really, the main thing is you've got to get rid of cavities with any brand of some kind of toothpaste because that's where the danger is. And so now i got your attention about ministry and dentistry, so write this down. I want you to write this line down. It's in my notes, and maybe it's in yours too. But it, the problem is, like ministry and dentistry, the biggest competition God has for our heart is your stuff. I like sugar. I ain't going to quit eating sugar. I don't care if my dentist tells me it's going to rot my teeth. I'm going to eat it anyway. That's the biggest competition that we have with listening to God about our money is we like stuff and what money can buy. Say amen. That's where I'm headed. All right. So let me read a little bit of this. Let me read a little bit about what God says about this big M word. And I promise you, if this doesn't make sense, you've got to get to the, pl you gotta get to the place 
where you trust God with your finances like you trust him with your health. Matthew chapter 6, before I jump in here to Proverbs and unpack a little bit of this, no one can serve two masters. You can't say, I like money and what it buys and not get this straightened out. Like you can't tell your dentist, like, yeah, I'm going to stop eating all this sweets because it's giving me cavities. Well, pick one or the other. Either have a healthy smile and wonderful teeth or brush and come to the dentist as often as possible. Either have better hygiene with your teeth and with your money or you're going to have problems. No one can serve two masters. So shining a little light on that, Jesus tells us in Matthew chapter 6, you can't do it both ways. That's what, we're, that's what we want. We want to try to convince ourselves I can do it my way. I can do it anyway. So if you're going to end up serving one or the other. You're going to end up eating too much sugar. You're going to, up, you're going to end up spending too much money for yourself at one or the other. So it's no-brainer. You can't serve God. You can't serve the devil at the same time. You, you can't say, I'm going to brush my teeth and eat better and cut back on sugar, and then that's what you eat mostly is sugar that's causing you all your cavity problems. So the devil's biggest opportunity, God's biggest competition is trying to squeeze us and squeeze our heart and get more out of us for ourselves. And you end up, you end up uh, devoted to liking it a lot more than you like going to the dentist or going to listen to somebody talk about money or listen to God talk about what you do with your money. Let me read the whole passage. Matthew 6. <clears throat> Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy. You don't get cavities. You don't get holes in your life, holes in your barn roof, rust in your car. You don't, don't worry about all the kind of physical stuff so much that we want that money can buy. And where thieves do not break in and steal. Verse 21, for where your treasure is, there's your heart. That's where it's all wrapped up there. Sitting on it. You're sitting on it right now. That billfold, it's in your pocket right now. It's in that little money clip. It's in that credit card. It's in whatever, wherever you pay your bills. No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You can't serve both God and money. You can't say, I love sugar. And uh, you won't quit eating it because your dentist says you ought to eat less. You can't do both. You got to do one or the other. So it is a problem. Say problem. Yep, it's a problem for all of us. We're all just people. Money, money, money. It uh, it really is a personal pronoun. It's uh, it's like an idol. It can become like an addiction that we have to sweets and sugar. It isn't good for us. It isn't healthy for us, but we have to decide some kind of moderation. And especially when we're working with someone who cares about us, like a dentist who says, you ought to cut back on this because that's really not healthy. So here we go. I'm going to give you a couple of things to jot down here that Proverbs tells us about ministry and dentistry and how they're very similar. <coughs> Excuse me. Ministry and dentistry, how they're very similar. One's talking about cavities, and the other's talking about sin, but you really need to trust the guy that's going to work on you. And God wants to work on us when it comes to sin, 
and our dentist wants to work on, work on us when it comes to cavities. Here you go, number one. It's never really about the money. It really isn't. It's uh, always the heart. That's what Matthew 6 told us, what I read just a moment ago. In the message paraphrase, you can't worship two gods at once. You can't have two girlfriends. You can't have two boyfriends. You can't. You just can't do it. You can't. You can't say I love sweets and I love healthy food too. You can do both in moderation, but you have to pick whatever's whatever's the highest risk that is going to harm your health. So you can't do that. Loving one God, you'll end up hating the other. Adoration of one feeds contempt for the other. Make each other mad. Worship God and money both trying to do that. So it's a conflict of interest when you have. You know, two gods, two taste buds, one is good, one's not good, not so good, two girlfriends, two boyfriends. It's never about the money. It's always about the heart. And so this is one big principle, Bible principle, that never changes in order to help us get our money things right and established as a God priority, like your dentist is trying to get you to brush and floss and not eat sugar between meals and do better things. Take care of your health. The dentist really wants what's best for you. Can, can I stop here just for a second? Can I say this to you guys who are home? Listen. I don't care whether you do it with this or you do it with some fancy Sonicare, whatever, you know, water pick or whatever, or you go see. Your dentist isn't getting some kind of kickback by handing you out toothpaste and a toothbrush. God isn't looking for some kind of kickback because of what you drop in the bucket. Are you here? Are you listening to me? God doesn't need your money. Your dentist doesn't need you to walk out of there and go buy some big fancy, you know, Cadillac kind of toothbrush. You can do it with a simple manual handheld one that you've been scrubbing your old tooth for forever. You can put $5 in the offering plate or you can put $500 in the offering plate. The amount of money is not what matters. It's your heart. If your heart's not right with God, if you don't trust God and listen to God, then you're resenting it like you're resenting, ah, man, I got to go to the dentist and get my teeth cleaned. I hate this. I'm not going to listen to him. I'm not going to take his toothbrush. That's what, that's the same problem at the church, God's church. That's what I'm talking about. You want wisdom? Sure. Say, sure. Well, we need a little wisdom when it comes to our money. And if you don't get over this kind of hurdle of, like, money, then you end up the same thing, like your teeth. You, your dentist is really, he's trying to help you. God's really trying to help you. But you've got to trust the guy who's trying to sit you in a chair, and you guys who are listening to me tonight and tomorrow, you've got to really trust. This is what God's talking about. You can believe him. If you don't get your money issue straightened out, it is going to become one big issue for the rest of your life. If you are not able to establish God as the priority in your heart and not money, you got a problem. Say, problem? Yep. Here you go. So honor God with your wealth by giving to God first. We don't do that. You give God whatever's left over. Yeah, Dennis, first question. Are you, are you brushing? Are you flossing regularly? 
and you think for a second, now am I going to lie to him or just tell him the truth? Well, I haven't flossed very often. I don't really like to do that. Or that's, that's when he gets the drill out and starts making those noises like you don't like that either. Say amen? Yeah. 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 You don't like it when your car breaks down. You can live better on 90 cents than you can a dollar by keeping it all for yourself. I, I'm just telling you. Your car will go down the highway a lot straighter, a lot longer, if you make sure you get this money thing figured out, like going to the dentist and taking care of cavities. The same thing about taking care of our heart and who we really love most, stuff or God. Say amen. Uh, it's, that's pretty weak, but it's the truth. Doesn't matter if you got a little or you got a lot. Doesn't matter if you make minimum wage or you're a millionaire. Whatever you got, we got to honor God. That's where wisdom starts. Respect God, fear God, revere God, honor God, love God with your wealth and your resources, your pocket change, whatever jingle you got. You got to give God the first slice of the pizza. Look at me. Remember that little video we did, I don't know how many years ago, Larry Gates? Remember where they were all sitting at a big long table and here Jesus brings in a big old large pizza and in a box and they all slide the pizza down the table one way and across the aisle and back the other way and the pizza box gets back to Jesus. He opens it up and guess what's inside? Zero. No slices left. Everybody down the table took a slice of pizza and it got back to Jesus. Wasn't nothing in the box. He's the guy that brought the pizza. Amen? Yeah. So that's what happens to us. That's what happened to us when we get this. It's like dentistry and ministry. It's always been this way, all the way back to Cain and Abel in the Bible in the book of beginnings, Genesis chapter 4, the first family argument. The first family argument was over, the M word is over money and, and, the, and the source of it all. One guy brings his first and his best, that was Abel, and the other guy brings the leftovers, that was Cain from his checkbook. One of them, God honors one and he doesn't the other. Started a big argument. Say, argument? Yeah, money. And you might be thinking right now, so what's the big deal? Well, write this down. If you're taking notes or just look on the screen, the big deal with our wealth is our priorities. It's not your money. It's not a kickback that God needs to get from some church somewhere. <clears throat> the dentist just wants to make you Feel better, look better, be healthier. God's doing the same, but he wants you to figure this out. The big deal is about where our priorities. Something has to be first. God says that needs to be me. Matthew 6.33, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Seek God first. Say first. Give him the first slice out of the pizza box, out of your paycheck, out of whatever you brought home this week, give him something out of that paycheck, that box of whatever pizza box you got. Give it to God. So that's how it should start. And all the other goodies and gadgets, they'll still follow sooner or later. Spring vacations, where we want to go and plan for technology upgrades. Man, I need a new computer. Dining out, buying food, going to concerts, all kinds of stuff we like. Cars, trucks, trains, travel, all that fun stuff. If you do Matthew 6.38, what he says, seek first 
God's kingdom and his righteousness, put God first, the other things line up in God's good timing. Not when we want it, maybe. God is seldom early, but he's never late. So get God first. Get your priorities straightened out. So I'm just telling you, you better grab this. Give away your money and be generous to God first. That's the guiding principle in the Bible. If you're not able to be generous because you're broke and you're stingy, no wonder you're not healthy. You don't brush your teeth. No wonder you get colds all the time. No wonder you have other health issues. You're not never going to see the dentist. No wonder they pulled all your teeth out. Now you have other kind of choppers that you didn't start with. Or you don't have any. You just got holes there. And you smile and look funny. Say funny? It's not really funny. So here's the rub for all of us. We all get bent out of shape. You're feeling a little uncomfortable right, right now as I talk about this. Heck, I started there too. We all do. Uh, it really is. It's pretty tough. Uh, comes to money issues when we're all trying our best, running as fast as we can, working overtime and two jobs and three jobs, trying to figure this out. <clears throat> I'll talk about that next week, how to get yourself out of debt. If you're in debt, that's the place we got to go next week. I'll talk more about it. But, buddy, you're, you're a hostage. If you're in debt, over your head, you're a hostage. We have this attitude, it's mine, I earned it, I should be able to keep it, I should be able to do as I please with my money, and we mistakenly make a distinction with our money, and we handle it in categories like gift money, payment money, birthday money, paycheck money, fun money, serious money, and we get labels and names attached to it that makes us feel better, but the Bible says not so fast, all Money is God's money. <laughs> Say amen. Now, if you're online, these people, as I said that, that are sitting in the room tonight, they all just look down like that. Like they just, I don't want to look at him right now because right? I know that's not what I'm able to do. God loves you anyway. It's like the dentist who loves you. God's not mad at you, and the dentist is not mad at you. The dentist really wants to help you. He wants to help you prevent cavities and get rid of cavities. And so does God. God wants to help you prevent sin and making bad choices about your money that really go, uh, really go against your heart. All money is God's money. Deuteronomy chapter 8, Moses reminds the Israelites not to forget the Lord, the history of Israel as they were slaves to Egypt, and God delivers them. Moses in the promised land, it was a land flowing with milk and honey. Maybe, you're, maybe you've got the best job you've ever had in your life, making more money than you've ever made, but you don't have anything at the end of the week. You're like, what's going on here? Here's what it says. Deuteronomy 8, you may say to yourself, my power and strength of my hands have produced this wealth. Oh, look at my farm. Look at these cattle. Look, look at my truck that I drive. Right. But remember the Lord your God, for he, it is he who gives you the ability to get up and go to work. Your feet hit the floor to produce wealth. And so confirms his covenant, his promise, his, his agreement, which he swore to our forefathers, to your forefathers, as it is today. God has a friendship, relationship, covenant, agreement with 
all of God's family, the Israelites in the Old Testament and Jesus followers and Christians in the New Testament and together all of us who follow God through Jesus we're no longer like slaves to Pharaoh and uh, God blesses us so that we're able to live a life in America, I'm telling you, we even, even as bad as it is at times with taxes and the inflation, you know, I, I think we're spending right now, I saw the time clock, uh, B.C., I think it said something like, we work about three months of the year for taxes in the USA these days. It takes about three months of your check just to pay the taxes that you have. That's a lot of taxes, but it's worse than other countries, a lot worse. And it is expensive. And it does get it does get hard for any of us to figure this out when you come home with your bring home paid. doesn't look at all like what your check was supposed to say. You lost a lot of money somewhere. And it's the way it goes. So it is a price. For you know, we pay with that we live in a nation like the USA, and some of us think we think it it's easy for us to think that we control whatever the rest of my income is when I get it in the bank, because I've paid my dues. But that is a trap. If you're not careful, if you don't have anything in the pizza box to give back to God, you better give it to Him first, or there won't be anything left over by the time everybody else gets hold of it. Amen. I'd better hurry. I'm just saying. I'm just telling you that if you live in America, we're already in the 4% club. You think you don't make much money, and probably you don't compared to your expenses and where everybody else lives. 97% of the people that live in the world today live on less than $30,000 a year, 97%. Well, I'm not a millionaire, no, but I have a lot more money than most of the people in the world, and so do you. We're in the 4% club already. Don't even realize it. So, takeaway number one, how about that? I'm telling you, it's never about the money, it's about the heart. Here's the second one, I'll wrap this up. Look like I got about five minutes. There is an expected result for handling our money with wisdom. God's going to help us, and there is something that you can... You expect that will change in your life. If you change your attitude toward the dentist, you'll have a better smile, and you won't. Your teeth won't hurt, and you won't have to have a filling all the time. You're going to have better health, fewer cavities if you listen to the dentist and brush your teeth, make regular appointments. Same thing true with God. If we get the M word straightened out, and just trust the guy that is trying to work on us. There is a result. Here's what Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9 and 10 says. Honor the Lord with your wealth. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops, the first slice of pizza in the box. Give to God first, and then your barns will be filled to overflowing, and your vats will brim over with new wine. Look at, don't look, just look at me. Look at this. It's in the Bible. It's what God said in Proverbs. Solomon's the wisest man who ever lived. The result of making God first, establishing your priorities with all your income before taxes, you will have more than you need. Put that down. I don't believe that. That's what you're telling me right now. 
I, I'm telling you, I really do believe that. And I have seen it in my own life. It is the way. We all think the same way. We're all just people. I just saw this quote. NPR National Public Radio says, A millionaire today needs $7 million to feel wealthy today. So even a millionaire doesn't feel like a millionaire if he's only got a million. He needs seven million. It's always a little bit more. I made forty-five thousand dollars. If I could only make sixty thousand dollars, I'd have enough. It's never enough. Never will be enough if money is your priority. Only God. Say amen. I told you there's there's something in here for all of us. This is not about giving to God so God gets rich or you get rich. It's not about that. It's not a lesson like that. It is that God promises us peace with or without our wealth. Whatever you have will go farther if God gets a part of our income first. So remember Elijah and the widow and her son, and her son the famine and the flour and the oil that wouldn't run out for three and a half years. She was, she was going to die until Elijah shows up. And then he shows up and the oil never ran out for three and a half years until the drought was over because she gave to God her last bite of biscuit and her last oil for frying an egg. She had nothing left. Remember the five loaves and the two fish that fed 5,000 people and they had 12 basketfuls left over. Jesus said, how much do you have? And they said, I don't know. We don't have very much. So how much do you have? Five loaves and two fish. And they brought that and Jesus blessed it. Remember David, shepherd boy with a rock versus Goliath who's nine foot tall. Remember Noah and a boat built in the wilderness and it had never ever rained, but he built a boat for 120 years and then it really rained. Remember Jesus, dead on Friday, on a cross, but alive on Sunday. Remember that. God raises the dead. God does that kind of stuff. God does big stuff. Why do you not believe God can do that with your money? Amen? Now I've gone to preaching. My face gets red, it gets louder, but I'm telling you guys, we got to get it. You ain't never going to be, you're never going to be happy with your, your dentist until you go to your dentist and take his advice. And straighten things up. And it's the same with God. Until you just listen to the guy who's got you in the chair. And take a few notes. He doesn't promise to make you wealthy. He promises to be with you. That's what he promises. People tell me this all the time. Well, if God's so good, why'd my, why'd my brother die? Why'd my dad die? Why did I get fired? Why won't my car why won't my car run? God didn't promise any of us that we would live long or we'd be wealthy or you'd be in a big house or you'd marry somebody famous. God didn't promise any of that sort of stuff. He promised to be with us always no matter come what may. He will be with us to the end of the age. And he'll come back and get you or you're going to die and go be with him first. That's what he promised. And it's worth it. It's worth it when you trust the guy who's got you in the chair. Your dentist and your minister. It's worth it. You'll have peace. You will have peace that passes all understanding. And that's what we all want is some peace.
in the world today. You're never going to find peace till you trust the guy. Trust God. There are consequences for not making priorities with our wealth. Put that down there if you're still taking notes. Israel, people, the people of God in the Old Testament, they came back from exile and slavery in Egypt, and they totally forgot that it was God who set them free. Right? They forgot the dentist who drilled out all their cavities that were causing them so much pain. You went to the dentist, you got your cavity drilled out, you got a filling, you were so happy, you were pain-free, and you went home, started eating the bad food all over again, forgot all about what happened in the dentist office. The same thing happened to the Israelites. Take a good look at your life. Let me read this. I'll try to wrap this up. Haggai chapter 1, verse 5. Take a good look at your life. Think it over. You have spent a lot of money, but you haven't much to show for it. You keep filling your plates, but you never get filled up. You keep drinking and drinking and drinking, but you're always thirsty. You put on a layer after layer of clothes, but you can't get warm. And the people who work for you, what are they getting out of it? Not much. A leaky, rusted-out bucket, that's what. That's why God of the angel army says, take a good, hard look at your life. Think it over. Verse 8, then God said, here's what I want you to do. Climb into the hills and cut some timber and bring it down and rebuild the temple. One of the things that the Israelites forgot when they got set free from Egypt as slaves was they built themselves big houses, but they were cheap in building the house of God. They didn't put anything together for God. They were busy building their own empire, their own mansion. God didn't think that was such a good idea. Do it just for me. Honor me first. You've had great ambitions for yourselves, but nothing has come of it. The little you have brought to my temple, I've blown it away. There was nothing to it. What does he mean there's nothing to it? I gave you my last dollar. Unless there's sacrifice, whatever amount you give, there's nothing to it. There's not a, if this is not a first fruit, if you haven't made a sacrifice to God, then God says that's not working. And why? This is the message from God of the angel armies, remember, because while you've run around caught up with taking care of your own houses, my home is in ruins, and that's why, because of your stinginess, and so I've given you a dry summer and a skimpy crop. I've matched your tight-fisted stinginess by de decreeing a season of drought, drying up fields and hills, withering gardens and orchards, stunning vegetables and fruit, nothing, not man or woman or animal or crop is going to thrive. We all want to thrive. That's a great goal in 2024. We need wisdom when it comes to the M word. And uh, if God is not our priority, then we're going to probably struggle. If we, if we never honor God with our wealth first, our resources, and our best of our heart, we're going to have a problem. And I'm just saying, it's something that probably we should all listen to God's message for us and to start somewhere. If you've only got a dollar in your pocket, give God a dime. If you're down to your last dollar, don't give him the whole dollar. He doesn't need it. You need to pay your electric bill, whatever you got. But if you've got a dollar in your pocket, give him a dime. Start with a dime. Ninety cents to go farther than the dollar that you kept for yourself, the whole thing. Here's the bottom line. Being alive is going to be expensive. Did you know how much food costs these days? Yeah, being alive is expensive.
Gasoline is how much? Yeah. Yeah, sure enough. Being alive is going to be expensive, but being dead's cheap. So you got a choice here. Either live and pay for it or just die. Amen? The other one is better. And God will help us with the things that inflation are killing us with. And the same is true in the church. It's not, it's not free in the church. You guys have no idea. Honestly. It's not, if we got electric bills, we got, I'm just telling you. So all of us together, we can do this. God will help us do it. I see they're moving for the communion, so let me read the communion. I gave up five minutes, now I'm down to seven, so I better read this. I promised you if you didn't like how I talked and you didn't have a good vibe when you left that it really was helpful, I'll buy you lunch or I'll buy you coffee. Promise is still good. You pat me on the shoulder before you walk out tonight and say, Preacher, I didn't like that message. You made me mad. Okay, I'll buy you lunch or coffee. But think about it first. Think about the dentist who really wants you to have a healthy mouth, healthy teeth, not so many cavities. Think about the messenger first. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. Well, Bobby D., I'm not doing so well with this message because I'm all tied up in knots and I'm working overtime and we can't even make our mortgage payment this month I understand and God does too and it's alright it's okay but eventually get rid of the cavities eventually make an appointment with the dentist eventually eventually begin some plan in your life with the M word and God will help you get there and here's how I know it because his love for you is not based on whether you ever do anything for God or not. He just loves you anyway. God doesn't love you because you took notes tonight or because you took, you know, a few uh, observations and said, yeah, I sh we should begin putting God first with our money paycheck. You don't, God doesn't love you more because you decided to do that than if you didn't decide to do that because God loves us. He wants us to do that because it will make your life more peaceful and make you a better version and make you more effective and you'll be able to share resources with other people who have less than you do. You'll become a generous person. Say amen. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith and this not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. You're not going to get any closer to heaven because you put $50 or $500 in the bucket tonight. You're not going to get any closer to heaven. Jesus is the only way you get to heaven. He is the way. But you will have a much healthier personal life if you begin to manage your money and put God first and make Him a priority with everything you have. bread in your mouth
Ryan said last week was a hard lesson because we were talking about the topic of sex and the physical relationship. It's probably harder to talk about money than it is to talk about sex. That's the truth. It is, that is a, this is a hard subject, guys. And I hope that you realize that all the teaching that I've shared tonight and I'll share again tomorrow and then I'll do it again part two next weekend. This is straight out of the Bible. This is not my opinion. This is what God says is true. And don't give up. There is grace. It isn't by us and our money. It is by our heart. But once you get your heart all straightened up and that God is your priority, the money will follow. And God will get his piece of the pizza pie first. And then we'll be amazed at how two fish and five loaves feed thousands. It'll go farther. Together? Let me pray. Thank you, God. Man, love on us now. Hug us and put your arm around us because we feel a little bit bruised and nicked because we realize there's growth here. There's things that we need to change, and and we'll talk some more about that, God. You'll, you'll let me share a message, I hope, next weekend, and we'll do it again, part two. But I pray tonight that you'll just love on us, and as we go to bed tonight, we don't feel guilty. We don't feel shame. We feel forgiven because of Jesus on the cross. I pray right now as we've swallowed this cup, as we've taken this bread and let that go down, this bread and cup that represents your body. God, there's nothing that's happened that we could have done. You, we've, you've already taken care of everything. You don't have to go back to the cross because we live in a modern world today, the 21st century, where we're buying cars and houses and gadgets and we're buying farms and trucks and we're living high on the hog and we're not giving anything to anybody else. God, you put all of that on the cross a long time ago. Our selfish attitudes. We're not any of us missing anything at this moment. Because of Jesus, if he is our Savior, whatever kind of struggle that we have with money or anything else in life, You've taken it away from us and put it on that cross when you died for us in our place. We didn't deserve it and we can't earn it. You just said it's okay. It's okay to not be okay and I'm not going to let you stay there. I'm going to make it better. I'm going to take your sin away. And he did. Jesus took our sin away. May we now believe in the miracle of grace no matter where our money ideas have been or where they're going. May we realize that you love us just because you love people, your creation, all of us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Drop it in the plate. Put your offering in there if you got one. If you got a quarter, put it in a tidy jug. If you got more than a quarter, put that in there too. And we'll give it away. Thank you for listening. You guys who are home, thank you for being with us. Hope you'll come back next week and catch part two got a little bit more little another twist about ministry and dentistry and god love you and he really does i really mean it and if it was not a good vibe for you call my cell phone number 859-588-6642 i'll buy you lunch i'll buy you a meal i'll buy you coffee and i'll listen to your story and try to encourage you to see you real soon let's stand and sing a song right now <laughs>